Cascade Hoop Talk, Billy D. Join us on Twitter, Cascade Hoop Talk. Hey, I'm thrilled today to have uh, Hussein Ford here from Northwest University. He led the nation with 24 double-doubles. He earned honorable mention All-American. He, along with his teammate Christian Haklamali, were first-team All-Cascade Collegiate Conference. Hussein led the country as one of the best rebounders I've ever seen in the Cascade Conference. He led the country in rebounding. And in just two seasons at Northwest, Hussein scored over 1,100 points, and he pulled down nearly 700 rebounds. He was also recently named the Northwest University Athlete of the Year. Thanks for coming on the show, Hussein. Thank you. So, who you grew up up in that Seattle area. Uh, you went to high school in Kent. You played at Kent Ridge High School. I know in your senior year, you lost in the uh, state 4A semifinals to Garfield. Uh, can you just talk about your, your time playing high school ball there at Kent Ridge? Uh, well, uh, Kent, Ridge, Kent Ridge was fun. I, uh, I met one of my best friends at Kent Ridge, and so that was a good thing for me. And um, just growing up uh, and when we just transferred, so having somebody to talk to and stuff like that. But uh, as far as the basketball aspect, man, it was it was fun. It was fun to play with somebody, people playing with people better than me. Now, when I transferred, these, these, the league was a little better than me, and it made me work. I had to work every day, get better. And every day in practice, we just went at each other. and We went undefeated. And, and Garfield, that Garfield loss, that hurt, man, because – we felt like it was a bad draw. We were both number one in state. We should have played each other in the championship, but they had us play each other in the first round. So we didn't we didn't really like that. So who you're telling me I didn't realize that. You were undefeated going into that Garfield game? Um, no, we had lost one game going into the Garfield game. We lost in in our uh conf, like our conference league game or whatever, league championship. Okay. That was our first loss, but that was that was placing. We were already in state. That was just a, that was just for placing at that point. But before that, we were both number one in state, even with the loss. Because I think Garfield lost twice, and we lost once. Was that at the Tacoma Dome, or was uh, our loss to we lost to Todd Beamer? We lost to Todd Beamer, and I think we played at like SPU or no or PLU. It was somewhere in Tacoma, PLU or um, the other one that's out there. UPS. University of Puget yeah, Sound. Yeah, one of the, one of those two. One of those two places. We played them out there, and we lost. Well, that must have really stung. It took you a while to yeah, get over I, that. I mean, when I, we knew we had to check forward. I, I mean, after a while, but I mean, that was our first loss. In our head, we're like, we'd rather lose now than you know, in the dome. At the time, that's how we were thinking. It was like, yeah. well, I mean, we had a great season. It's not over, so we'd rather take the L now than later on. Unfortunately, we took it later on as well. But yeah. I, but I like that group. So you left Kent Ridge, graduated, and uh, you decided you were going to play at uh, Pierce Community College there in that NWAC tough conference. Talk about your decision to go at, go to Pierce. Honestly, so, okay, my basketball career really started in 2013. I really started picking up the ball my junior year of high school. So at Kent Ridge, I mean, being on a team like that was, I was only my second year playing basketball and shoot, I was, I was everything. And after high school, I wasn't like the best player. Honestly, if I look back, I'll tell you I was trash. <laughs> from, where I'm, from where I'm at now, I honestly, I probably wouldn't even pick me up low key at the park back then first. I wouldn't pick myself up first, but I'll definitely put myself on the team. <laughs> but, um, after high school, I didn't I didn't really have anywhere to go. 
I just was at some open gyms with okay. uh, my uh, best friend, Jawan Stepney. Um, he, who's had a fine career as well. And I went to the open gym at Pierce with him a couple, a couple times. And then I stopped going because I thought the team was already set. I heard the team was already set. They're picking up uh, Blizniak from Todd Beamer and him. So that's one. Of, that's the two top players in our conference. I was like, you guys are set. And one of them was in my position. Oh, you guys are good. And so the Olympic coach called. I would have went out there for some open gyms and to see how it was. But I, could, I didn't have a way out there to make it in time. And then the Pierce coach called, which is Mindy, which is Bill Mendelson. And he's like, who's saying you can come to the open gym? So I was like, I thought you guys were set. He's like, no, nah, come to the next one. We want to, we still got space. So I was like, all right. I played well and got picked up. And for people who listen and don't uh, Olympic is a community college up on the peninsula. It's quite a ways out of the Seattle area. It's quite a drive up there. Yeah. So it worked out good going to Pierce. It was closer to home. Uh, you know, talk about, you talked about, uh, you know, just kind of starting to learn basketball in high school. Talk about your transition to college basketball. What surprised you? Surprised me? I, I don't think I was too surprised. I've always grew up playing with college athletes and NBA athletes. Like in the Seattle area, that's all that, that's all the way there is basketball. I mean, we have other sports, but even if you play another sport, you definitely play basketball. LA Fitness, Jamal Crawford comes down, plays. Sometimes uh, Ronnie Stuckey, other pro players, overseas players, college players. So I wasn't really surprised too much. But um, I, I guess the the biggest surprise for me going from high school to college more so was how much freedom I had. I was more the biggest surprise. I was like, you realize you have way more time in your day after class mm -hmm. than, you, than you realize. As far as peers, that's that's <laughs> when I got to Northwest. We used to have less time to, for free time, you know. Yeah, but well, you know, when you were at when you were at Pierce, like I mentioned, that's in that that tough NWAC conference. That conference uh, basically encompasses the entire Northwest. You know, how did competing for a couple of years in that conference mature you and prepare you for the Cascade Conference? It was I I learned a lot off the court. I think that's what helped me on the court. My first year there, I failed a class. I, I failed a class. I mean, I didn't even, shouldn't even been in there. I was the, I was a between the advising. I, I was tough, but I failed a class and I had to sit out. Oh. And in that sit out time, the two dudes I was rooming with, who are two of my closest friends now, actually too, they kept me pushing along. They kept me, they kept me, kept me playing basketball, and I, I just wanted to, um, I wanted to play with them, and. uh I did for half a season, and then I didn't get to play with them after that, but I kept playing so I could. You know, who you were really lucky to have roommates, teammates like that, that kind of pushed you through, because, you know, some guys end up disappearing into the woodwork when that happens. I've seen a lot of people from Pierce, Pierce do that. I've, I've seen it, and I had a great support system through the, through the friendships I've made. I think that's one of the biggest influences and my sister, I just wanted to win. I just wanted to play. I just wanted to play. How good were were your teams at Pierce? Any good? The first year I was there, yes, we had a lot of talent, but we just the chemistry never gelled, and mm -hmm. the co and the co it just everything just never gelled together for us to do anything. And then my second year, uh, I took off. I took a year off to get my grades together, and then the, and then the following year, which was my sophomore year. That team, that that was that's probably the most fun 
team I've ever played on. All we did was we to argue with each other in practice, castle at each other, whatever, go at each other all day, but it was all love. Whenever the games came around, could nobody punk us. We played hard. We were top teams. If we lose, we were mad. We didn't know. I didn't like nobody liked losing. And that's what Pierce was. That's what we grew. Everybody was a dog, pretty much. You're on your own. You, everybody's goal is to to make it somewhere. That's why I feel like a lot of athletes should go the JUCO route because everyone's goal is to make it. They're still hungry to make it compared to players in the four-year. Sometimes they're like, okay, well, I got my scholarship. I'm about to continue being a nurse or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. It's just that fire is different. So when you were it's a just... sophomore at, at Pierce, was was uh, Coach Drinkwine the one that recruited you to come to Northwest? Yeah. Yeah. He, he uh, From what I heard, he was convincing the other head coach. I can't remember his name right now. He was convincing the other head coach to come get me because the other head coach was kind of nervous on it at first. But I guess he seen me play and Drinkwine got him up under it put a fire under him and before I could actually get there there was a different coaching staff switch and Drinkwine was head coach so I was like that's cool with me you know talk about coach Drinkwine has always uh, defied the odds there both at Evergreen and at at Northwest Uh, he always seems to get more out of his teams than what people expect talk about playing for coach Drinkwine coach Drinkwine is the first coach that I know if I leave the gym for the day I'll I, I can guess he I can know that he'll talk to me again. So basically saying he's he's a players coach. He he builds a bond with his players. Like he just jokes around in practice or whatever. Like Kelvin, he uh wear a practice gear, he'll say something wrong or whatever and then he'll make you do push ups or whatever. And he'll make you do it again. And in your head you're like, Well, what's going on? Why am I doing these push ups? And everyone's laughing and no one drinks just like pretty much trolling them. But I mean that's what he does and he always says some corny catch line or something like that. And if you see, if you mess up, like say you did a turnover, you'd be like, my bad. He'd be like, well, it's not your good. <laughs> uh, he always, he can always catch them. And I've, I found that out when, before I actually came to Northwest, uh, my best friend played there before uh, Trey Benton. Every day I was with Trey, she was talking to drink one in the car. Yeah, just talking about basketball, just talking about life or whatever the case may be. But um, that means she was reliable. Mm-hmm. And you build that relationship. That means I'm a, you You got my back, I got your back. That's, that's how it worked for me and the drink. And he, and he understood. He understood his players. So who you get to Northwest, which is just north of Seattle there for people who don't know. Uh, in mm-hmm. your junior year, you started out five and four in the in the preseason you were you'd been tested pretty well but you started the conference with several road games and you found yourself four and seven in conference in the first half you know were you were you disappointed that you had struggled out the gate your first year there uh in the conference yeah i mean of course yeah of course i was disappointed i was disappointed because i'm a i want to win you know i don't, I don't like losing i want i want to i want to win but also, in my head, I didn't really look at it like that because I didn't sat out of basketball twice previous of coming to Northwest. And so, on the court, is I'm going to just give it my all. And so, if we win or lose, I know I gave it my all, so I, I'm okay with that. But also, 
because the guys I had in the locker room never gave up. Nobody was fighting with each other. Nobody was mad, pointing fingers. Nobody was giving up or complaining, not coming to practice, going hard, filling classes, doing goofy stuff. Nobody did nothing like that. Everyone played for each other all the way through. And we got hit with injuries last year, too, which is kind of crazy. So, oh, no, how must be cursed or something, but yeah. Well, you know, about That's halfway like, about yeah. halfway through that that year, you were four and seven in conference. Uh, you were really fighting for a playoff spot, and you had a huge opportunity. You were at home, and you had the weekend. You had Southern Oregon and Oregon Tech, and you lost a one point game to Oregon Tech. You lost a an overtime game to Southern Oregon. You know, it's so hard to win on the road. You know, what What was the team's mood after knowing they just lost two close games at home that they had every right every right to win? So I'll start with the Southern game because I remember that one better. But um, we were losing pretty much that entire game. And it's, it's just – we just never really clicked going in that game. And then Coach was put in the bench, and we caught fire. We almost came back that game. Took Actually, them, we did. We took did. them to overtime. Yeah, we did come back, and I was up to that was Jace Paulson. Uh, he was only a freshman, and he was hitting. He was knocking threes down, knocking threes down. He came in, and I was. I said, "Look, I told him all year. I said, look, you throw it up there, brick or money, I'm gonna get their board. I lead the. I lead the league. I lead the country. Mm-hmm. Just, just throw it up there. Just heave it. You can shoot. We know you can shoot. It'll go. And he did. And everybody else just followed in suit. Defense locked in, focused up, but we just fell short. We missed the uh, buzzer beater. That was tough. And then OIT, I like playing there because the crowd is so vicious. I think the first time we played them was a, was a close game. And the second time they routed us, and then in the playoffs, we beat them, and they were number one. Talk about that road trip. You know, you, you you fought your way through that season, your junior season, and you had lost one point game to Oregon Tech at home, at your at in in there in Kirkland, and then you had lost by a pretty good margin down in Klamath. Talk about that road trip. You you were the eighth seed. Nobody gave you a chance. Oregon Tech had just won the conference. They were the number one seed, and you're on the bus going down to Klamath Falls. What was the mood of the team heading down for that game your junior year? Well, I heard it. I mean. Just easy going. We on the way down. We don't. We just enjoy enjoy each other. I enjoy each other's time, company, and we knew what we got came in there for. We knew we had business. We're the AC. We have nothing to lose. We're not even expected to be in the playoffs, honestly. And we just went out there and played. And I felt like I always felt like we were a better team than them as far as athleticism. Mm-hmm. As far as athleticism goes, we just were younger. They they definitely had a solid core group of guys that knew their role and. And just how to get it done. If you you can even look at each individual's player's numbers, it, it fits it fits their system. And they were care about Mitchell Fink too. But uh man, he's a dog. But he, he was talking smack to my 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 actually my close roommate, Art Point Guard. He was like, nah, 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 nah. So he was like, <laughs> Let's play, let's play. And they was like after I was I remember I was at the free throw line, and Mitchell Fink was like, Hey, don't worry guys, don't worry guys. Check that he he shoots like fifty seven percent. Don't worry. I said, I said you got. I said don't worry about the old number. You got to worry about the game. I said I ain't missed a free throw all day. Hit hit two of them. I was like, man, come on, Mitch. <laughs> and so, and I was like, in the crowd, the crowd. 
I I love the crowd. There there was some one of some old dude got kicked out I think because he tried to be in the student section, but the crowd was talking so much smack and I feed off that. I be talking to him, saying whatever, <laughs> and then and then after that, it was here's what it is. Say goodbye. I remember I waved to the crowd <laughs> at the end of the game. I waved to the crowd. I was like say goodbye. So that that was I think that was the most fun. I was, uh, there's probably more, but that was, I had fun that game. That was fun. So who, just how big was that win? You know, that, that team ended up, that Oregon Tech team ended up uh, national runner up that year. Yeah, I seen that. And they, uh, they played College of Idaho, which is the team we lost to after them. Yeah. I'm, and and that, sh- that goes to show you how tough the, our conference is. So that, Two of our guys played each other for the cha- to get to the championship. Yep, in the final and, four. Um, but the win, to answer your question, the win meant the win meant the world. Like it felt like you just broke through a, a barrier. It's like imagine you saying doctor saying you can never walk or something. You start walking like, like yo, like we can, we're actually good. We could play. I mean, which we already knew, but it's like this is like reassurance. It's like finally all our hard work is finally being noticed. Let's let's make a push. Mm-hmm. You know, let them know. Knock the, what, what a better way to knock the number one off. Who you're you're known as a guy who's almost impossible to guard. Who's who's the toughest defender you faced in the Cascade Conference? Toughest defender? I'm trying to think. Actually, um, Connor, Connor. Uh, I want to butcher his last yeah, name. So I was say Connor. Connor. Yeah. Connor Con- Desanya. Yeah, 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 yeah. The reason he's the toughest not because I couldn't. It was just the whole system, really. CFI's system was was is great mm-hmm. as far as shutting teams down. But Connor, because he could he could take a hit and he'll keep coming. He could take a hit, and he'll and he's strong and physical. He's not gonna let you get nothing easy, and that's fine with me. But Connor, he's cool. I like Connor. Yeah, he's a very good defender. College of Idaho is a great defensive team. Yeah, believe it or not. I, which is which is crazy. I'm out here right now at, in Boise, actually, because I'm visiting my sister. I I, I kind of like grew friends at CFI playing against them because they were so competitive and they were always talking trash and they will talk a little smack on Twitter, like, "Well, you guys got your win, we got our win, we gonna see when we play each other." Da, da, da. But it was always love and respect at the end. And then even if the crowd talks smack, they be like, "Oh, good game, we're saying that after afterwards." And you know, uh. I, I I respect that. So if you're able to talk your trash, play hard, leave it on the court, and after the game you can chop it up. That's cool with me. It, it was I saw love out here in uh in Caldwell and Boise. So I I always I always enjoy going out to College of Idaho. Their fans are it's always pure class out there. Yeah. Yes, uh, I love it. And I've got to be actually it's kind of ironic. I got to be friends with a lot of their fans. Uh, but when the game's going, boy, it's you know it's a death sport. But yeah, they're, it's fun place to go. Where, where's the toughest place in the league to play? Okay, so my first year playing in at Northwest, we went to Oregon Tech. And the first day out there, we had a little night practice, and it was it was hard to breathe. I wasn't used to the elevation, and that was tough. As far as as far as my body, it just, it just felt weird. It was hard to breathe out there. It felt muff, muffled. Mm-hmm. So that was the hardest place to play, as far as that goes. But as hardest place to play, as far as getting a win, is College of Idaho. Yeah, <laughs> I just I could never beat them. 
and I was so close. I had the team this year. I had it. I had the team. Some injuries killed us. We lost to two the first game we played them. We were both undefeated in the season. I think we were like seven and zero. Both seven and zero. We played and we lost like two or three. That was in Kirkland, and uh, you guys had got a pretty good lead early on, and then uh, you really kind of traded baskets in the in the second half. Uh, yeah. I think uh, Talon Pinckney hit a couple of free throws at the end to uh, to ice the game. That must have been a disappointing loss. You guys had them on the ropes. Yeah, it it was. I mean, it's t- it's tough to like dwell on things. We don't. We didn't. We never did that in our locker room. So it's like, dang, we just lost this game. Like, man, that sucks. But like, we just all right. What's the next game? Okay, we got last. I think that's how we did so well, and that's how we. That's I think that's where our success came from. It's from the fact that we just moved on. Drink never dwelled on it. I mean, he'll he'll bring up like instances, you know, to prove a point when he's trying to uh, when he's coaching and stuff. But um, besides that, he's like keep moving forward. You know, in playing basketball, you have to have a short memory, and you also have to have a long memory. When it comes to losing, you got to have a short memory. So that's what he instilled in us, and we just kept chugging along. You know who you talked about being a good rebounder, and you're—I uh, mentioned in the intro—you're one of the best rebounders I've watched in the Cascade Conference. Uh, you have—I call it—I don't know if this is the right term, but I call it the the second hop. You have the quickest second hop I've ever seen, where the—you mm-hmm. know—you go up either to block a shot or to take a shot, but you—you're you, back up in the air before anybody else can respond. You know, yeah. Why do you, why do you think you're you're such a, a good rebounder? Well, like I said before. I didn't play basketball until my junior in high school, so I wasn't good. So I just so what what could you what could I do? Nobody's gonna pass me the ball, and I'm not you know the most the best defensive player or guard. I mean, you know, sticking guards and stuff who are quicker than me. So the only way I'm gonna get it is somebody misses a shot. I'm gonna go get the rebound. A rebounding is not. I mean, it's a skill. I feel as far as like reading where it's gonna go, but mm-hmm. as far as that's just effort. Who wants it more? Who who is just go get it. And just go get it. That's all I tell, that's how I tell everybody. I was like, they like, how do you do it? I was like, just want it. You got to want it. It's like a will. You got to will it. And that's how, and that's what I take pride on now. I was like, that's how I'm going to help my team. I know my role. I'm good at rebounding. That's what I'm going to do. And rebounding is an offense and defensive thing. You rebound offensively, you got another possession to score yourself or for your team. And you get a defensive rebound, you shut them down. They don't get a chance to score. So... That's how I look at it, and I'm just good at it. Who I don't know if I don't know if you know this, but whenever whenever your name comes up, the first thing people talk about is your motor. You you never stop. Do you ever get tired? You never look like you're ever tired. Yeah, I get tired. Uh, I was tired on defensive practice for sure. <laughs> but um, there's only been a couple games where I've been tired since I've been at Northwest. Like where I was like, Coach, I I need one. And one of them was at C of I for sure. This season, I think the last time we played them was at their place. And they did a hell of a job subbing. They had a, and we, you know, we only had like six players, seven players. So they took, they, they, I mean, you game plan well for that. They just rotated them. But I don't even think it had to do with our guys being out as well. I mean, of course, that's part of the strategy, but their coach did a great job. I, I like their coach. I like him. He he did a great job, and I was talking to the players because I like I said we're all, we're pretty buddies off the um, court, and I was like, you guys are doing a great job sending these platoons in because every time there's a foul, you think you got a break, 
you know, you start scoring, you think, you know, you get a little feel for the game. He's sending a whole new two bigs, fresh bigs, fresh guards. I was like, see? So, and they just, they never let us, they never eased up. It was ugly. Shout out, shout out to them. But that was when I was the game, I was tired. I iced, did everything after that one. Hey, who, I want to go back to the start of conference. You know, at the in the preseason, you guys were, were tested pretty well again. Uh, you had a, a tough preseason. You were picked pretty low in the conference. Mm-hmm. And then the first weekend of conference, you had two, uh, I think Oregon Tech was ranked number one in the nation and Southern Oregon was ranked 12th or 15th. something, 13th. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you knocked them both off back-to-back. You you beat Sock in a, a close game and you controlled the whole entire game against Oregon Tech. You know, mm-hmm. after that game, you know, what what were your expectations for the season? You guys had just shocked the whole conference that night, that weekend. Uh, well, the first thing I said when the buzzer blowed at the Oregon Tech game, after the Oregon Tech game, was I told you I'm going to get my win. Yeah, I got your, I got y'all number. Because that was the second time beating them. Because last time I played them was the playoff game. As far as, as far as the win, we expected to win. Nothing less. We knew it, it felt right. I feel like there's energy on the basketball court before the game, and if you feel it, you'll you'll it'll determine how the game goes, and you gotta, you know, take control of it and do what you can from there. But it felt like we were gonna get the win. I was not surprised. I don't think any of us were really surprised that we got those wins. What we were surprised about was our how we closed the the game. That was our only struggle of the season. That's why our we took so many losses. We just couldn't finish in those last two minutes and. Coach Drink and the other coaches, as well as our players, did a great job buying in and focusing on how we need to get better at finishing games. And we started doing that, and we picked up. We went on like a seven-game wins, seven-game win spree mm-hmm. before we played CFI, and that's that's exactly how we ex- expected. And I think we were expected so low because. I remember Drink saying he was hiring the players that we had recruited or something, so nobody in the league really knew. But I feel like if we kept a healthy team, we would have won the national championship with the team fully healthy. There's not a doubt in my mind. But Well, you definitely got hit with uh, the injury bug. You guys were – correct me if I'm wrong, who, but you know, a lot of games you had six guys available, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. You guys really showed a, a, a ton of toughness, but – those tough road yeah. games in the Cascade Conference, you know, really started to take a little bit of a toll. You, you lost on that big road trip to Southern Oregon and Tech and then the Eastern and College of Idaho. I know you were fighting for a three-seed in conference, and uh, then you went up to, to Walla Walla, and you, you won that first game pretty handily. And then, uh, you know, talk about that last conference game against Walla Walla. And, and like I say, you were fighting for that three-seed. Yeah. Um, ah, man, I have a lot of- there's a, there's a new freshman. He's he's very athletic. He's very very athletic. And that and I guess around the league they say he's the next me of the league, which I can see because he's he can hoop. Mm-hmm. But uh, he didn't play the first game. In the second game he played, and I I think we talked to one of the officials. But the officials because it was a uh, the way the week weekends work out there. You play like awkward times, so they can only get certain refs. And there was new refs and. I just feel like they just were trying to buy in the hype. And, you know, you can't always blame. There's always games. You don't always blame refs. But, I mean, we only got six guys. It's like, 
we gotta we gotta get something. And then we when our shooting guards, I mean our guards, we didn't shoot well that game. Um, I was in foul trouble. It just it just it was bad. It was bad. we had a bad shooting night, terrible shooting. Night. I think yeah, Rich didn't shoot too hot, and it just the flow of the game wasn't that good. But Cole stepped up. He's a freshman. He stepped up a lot. So you know, it was a win. It was experience for them. So. I don't like that loss. Yeah, it was a kind of a sour way to end your conference season. And then your final college basketball game, you played Eastern Oregon at home, a real tough defensive game. They kind of controlled the game down the stretch. You know, talk about that feeling, that game's winding down. Uh, you know that your time playing college basketball is is coming to an end. Yeah. Um, but I looked at the game like, look, we're gonna go out. We're gonna go out. We're gonna go out hard. I think that was the game I was most aggressive, as far as offensively and defensively. And I didn't come out the game that that time. I remember the big was asking me. He was like, "You don't get tired." I was like, "No." Nah. It's about pacing yourself, really, as far as like breathing. But um, yeah, I thought we I thought we were gonna win. I honestly I thought we was gonna win that game. And um, shout out to them for pulling it off. But ah. Uh, uh, yeah. Hey, who can you talk talk about a couple of teammates that you have there? Ryan Ricks and Christian Hoklamali. These guys are two very good basketball players. You had an opportunity to play with. Okay, uh, I'll start with Ryan. Ryan, superstar Ryan, MVP Ricks, MVP Ricks. That's what we call him, MVP Ricks. He got his first play of the week award. So we after that, that was when he. I think he had like ooh, close to thirty when he was in Montana. And he caught fire after that, and he could shoot. It's weird because if you watch him play in the game, you'll be like, "Oh, he just he just shoots." But if you watch him in practice, that boy can hoop. He, I mean, spin moves, attack up and unders, contested jump shots, deep balls. Like he could hoop, but some days he's some days he's cold though. Man, he be th- overthinking. I I think that's it. He overanalyzes a lot, but that boy got a clip on him. And Chris, I think Chris carried the team. I I think Chris definitely carried the team. It's not and it's not going to it's not going to show in the um, in the numbers as much. But he uh, he was our best defensive player. Uh, if you look at any tape, he's he's a chase down artist. So you want think of the next person, LeBron is him. He's coming for your shot. He's blocking you easily, and he can guard inside out for the most part. And he has a high motor. He's strong with the ball. He can shoot. He has a high IQ. He has an understanding for the game. He's a good feel for the game. Good change of speed. Good uh, lateral movements. He's Chris is Chris is a, a all around good player. He definitely can play pro ball for sure. He really gets to the he really goes downhill at the hoop with a a lot of power and finesse. If that makes sense. Yeah. He, I our pick and roll was could nobody in the league guard our pick and roll. There, there was no, it's not you couldn't. If, if you want the trap, you go. You know, I've slipped. They'll dump it to me. It's a nobody's gonna hold me. You're you're out of place already. You want a hard hedge? I'll slip, or I could even I could pop, pop for a jump shot. I can shoot the shot, or I can drive. Or if you don't pick up, say you don't switch or something like that, he's going downhill, and he can create a shot for himself and for others, and. He knows how to put you on his hip, and he can finish strong. He'd be finishing all types of shots. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought, I, I mentioned this to you earlier, but I thought Ryan Ricks, I told you, you know, he's probably, he didn't have the highest shooting percentage in the conference, but he, he had to have the highest shooting percentage with the game on the line in the conference. Uh, he was cold-blooded at the end of games. Yeah. Ricks, Ricks was the closer. It, it would it would have been good to see him and Jace play together, our, which was uh, our sophomore guard who could shoot lights out. And them two together is just like, like Steph Curry. So, you know, I have a question for you. You you know, that, that gym you play in in Northwest, you have a great home court advantage because it's uh, tight, right? It gets really loud uh-huh. in there. You guys get a uh-huh. lot of student support. But the, the floor is a little bit short. Do you do you think that changes the game? It, in other uh, words, is it different playing on your home court on that shorter court than it is, you know, when you go on the road and play teams like Southern Oregon that run out on you? Yeah, I like Southern Oregon's court. I mean, yeah, it does, but really, I mean, the courts are the same size. I mean, it has to be as far as running, for you know, for the rules and all that. But it's all about focusing, because that's just a part of adversity. You know, if there's a backdrop, or if there's not a backdrop, if there's a wall. If the if it's a dome, type of stadium, if it's just a little tight gym. I mean, play, being an athlete, you should by college you should have been played in the worst gym than the best gym because if you're gonna hoop you're gonna hoop for real and you're gonna play anywhere you can i mean, i know all types of athletes play in churches outside the wrecks backyards homes uh warehouses anywhere there's a anywhere there's a hoop set up you can run so that's true it's just it's all it's, you gotta get a basket we're not worried about how many bleachers are there or the width of the court you got to get a basket. You got to get the dub. So make, just make it work. You don't even, we shouldn't even be talking about that in the locker room. No, just go, just go play. Are you sure you're, we're for sure shape the way drink be having us set up before season starts. Who, what does it meant to you to be such a huge part of uh, Northwest Eagle basketball? It means a lot. Uh, a lot of people keep telling me I changed like the culture there and the previous, uh, Alumni there be telling me like, oh, you gonna get a statue up there, da da da. I'm like, nah, nah, <laughs> like that. But I feel like they're more um, open to to athletes being more than just athletes. Like uh, a lot of a lot of those kids up there come from, from you know homeschooling or private schools, and so you're not really seeing what kids are like in the, on the inner city. You know, not really seeing. Shoot, I, I was shoot. I'll just say I was uh, there was only a couple of black kids at, at the school. So my first year there, the support was like it was like eh, it was like mid as far as games go. Like they knew players and stuff, but they didn't. It wasn't like this year. They this year was a lot of love. But mm-hmm. I think it's because everyone got a feel for me and how I just spread, you know, just love and just happiness. And fun. I was funny, and everyone just. You know, hey, who are you doing? Or I was just listening to music, it's whatever. And so building that relationship with a lot of kids off campus that came to the to the games and they wanted to invite more athletes doing things. It was more support. It was more, became more of a community. It was like a slight divide because, you know, a lot of people look at athletes like, oh, they get whatever they want, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we actually, our schedules are based around everybody else that's not an athlete. To be honest, or at least at this school, and we be grinding a lot more than what people would think. They think that we just show up and it's fun, fun and games. But we're waking up 6 a.m., 7 a.m. We're going to bed at 2 a.m. because we got athletic 
work and schoolwork and trying to have a social life, eat your individual time, whatever. So I think it was good for them to see. I think that community, it was good for them to see that, like, you know, everyone isn't, I guess, a stereotype as far as an athlete goes. And so they showed a lot of support and they got behind me. And one thing I love about Northwest was the teachers. They wanted you to succeed and they did what they could to help you succeed on and off the court. So that was great to see. And that's kind of what uh, got me to go there as well. Well, who they'll certainly remember you for a long time. You brought a, a lot of energy into that gym. I know the students loved you. You're always really fun to watch there. What What's next for you after uh, Northwest basketball? What What's next for you? Well, I'm working to play overseas. Uh, the coronavirus is kind of slowing things up right now, but uh, I'm in uh, some meetings right now, you know, working on that. I'm not going to say too much. So I don't want to jinx my blessings, but. Are you set to graduate? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I finished my class at graduate, so. I just went, commencement's supposed to be in August. It got moved to August. But other than that, school's done for me, so. Well, congratulations on that. Yeah, enjoying family time right now, downtime. And uh, I've actually been working out, believe it or not. I've actually been getting in the gym. Just don't tell the government. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, yeah. So I'm just, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not even like, Focus on basketball. I'm just, I'm just blessed. I'm happy. Like I've been crying tears of joy just randomly. Like it's like I came from like foster care. Like for me, 20% of foster care students, I mean kids, graduate high school. 10% graduate college. I'm in that 10% with the success of basketball. And man, I just seen a lot, been through a lot, and I just thank God every day. I just, it's, it's crazy. Like I, you know. I mean, it's it's just a step. I don't know, man. I just I'm just enjoying it. I'm just completely humbled by it. It's like, you know, it could be all gone, which I've seen. I've I've had mine somewhat slip, but well, you've beat the odds, and you'll continue to beat the odds. Uh, whatever you take on, you're gonna succeed because you've got that that will to succeed, and and you're gonna do very well whatever you do. Sir, and back down. I really appreciate you being on the show. I enjoyed talking to you and uh, hearing your story. Uh, you know, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you for having me on the show.